0: How many of you saw the Facebook event for today? All
1: right,
0: cool. Do you remember the name? Oh. Maybe, maybe you know, remember the menu. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we have like a whole um, Filipino, right? Filipino vegetarian vegan dinner. That's going to be really awesome for, for our authentic visiting cook, Mother Ananda from the Philippines. About the arch oh yeah, we're having a talk about the, the arch villains, wickedly wise villains who have some great knowledge. So it's called Divine Demon Directives. And, um, so you guys can, how'd you learn about the Wednesday night? Um, I saw the
1: little one page
2: thing while I was eating. In the
0: restaurant. Oh, okay, yeah. cool, cool. And you go to the restaurant often? One. I know you're familiar with Eastern religion, philosophy, and kind of yeah, fresh. That's why I'm here. Well, this is a perfect place to start. So, um, we have a little story uh, about how many of you have ever seen a James Bond movie? Mm-hmm. Raise your hand. So, we got a guy, his name is Gold Cushion. You know, there's a gold finger. And gold. But this guy's name is Gold Cushion in Sanskrit, is Hridanyaka Kashipu. So, I'm not going to expect all of you to. Say that. So Gold Cushion. Everybody remember Mr. Gold Cushion. Now, this is the third part of his series of instructions. So we had, we had Gold Cushion one, we had the sequel. Now we're on the third part. Um, So he has a whole. Although he's a villain, and he's a terrible villain, he has a whole uh, extensive chapter in an ancient book called the Bhagavatam. It takes about two shelves. Uh, I have a bookshelf. I have all my books upstairs, but I kept the Bhagavatam and CC here. And it's a 5,000-year-old text. It's very interesting. In this book, you'll ho- you'll find all kinds of wonderful things. For example, uh, does anybody know how far is Earth from Jupiter? You could probably just say, hey, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you could say, hey, Bhagavatam. And it was there. Now, if you look at astronomers' um, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 250 years ago, they all had the same measurement. But you go back 300 years ago, then it's like, it's a bit shorter. Then you go back to uh, astronomers back, you know, 800 years ago, it's a bit shorter. 2,000 years ago, it's a bit shorter. shorter. But in the 5,000-year-old Sanskrit texts, you'll find the same measurement that we know today in this ancient text which is you know we just the uh, modern astronomy is caught up in the past 4,000 what is that 750 years <laughs> caught up just took a little time and we to catch up you have a chapter called calculation of time from the atom which is uh, 1,787.5 parts of the second it describes a certain type of atomic uh um, what do you call it? it come together? Fusion. Fusion. There you go. And it says it takes that, that's the time that it takes. That's the, there's a whole chapter about measurements of time and that's the shortest measurement of time and it's given based on something that happens in reality, the, the fusion of the atom. So there you go. You know, because like, how do you measure time? Like, like who knows how things go thousands of years ago, if anything different. If the plants are, you know, how do you measure distance? I think some of those things are a little hard. But atom is kind of probably, on Atomic level. everything's probably kind of same 5,000 years ago. Um, you have an ancient commentary on the Rig Veda, the exact measurement of the speed of light. It's two thousand two hundred and two yojanas per hafni nation. This t- this measurement yojana is based on the what we know, uh, how we translate that. It's about eight or nine miles, and you can know that because of there's geographic uh, references like how far is it from this river to that river in India, and such. So you know what the yojana is, and so you take, um, you know, 8.5 miles times 2,202, 2202, um, to a sixteenth of a second. And that's the speed of light. And you look it up, it's the same thing. Pretty far out. And it's written, the, 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 the writing in plain Sanskrit language, uh, which I know a little bit of, but it says, this is the speed of light. <laughs> just says it like that. It's not like some uh, something you like. Someone said, "Well, maybe we can see if it matches the speed of light." No, it just says this is the speed of light. So in this book, there is a cool story. It talks about things on other planets, species on other planets, angels in the heavenly higher planets, for, that live thousands of years longer than humans. The Speech, uh, dark, atheistic, demonic beings of other planets that are... It talks about all kinds of things. Interplanetary battles and things like that in these ancient books. Spaceships, they're there in the books. Uh, think of something, it's in the book. <laughs> it's pretty far out. So, there. So there's a story of uh, Mr. Gold Cushion. He took over the universe. Um... Him and his brother were not—they're not humans. They're uh, extraordinarily powerful beings, that had you know they're practically uh, indestructible, unkillable. They were you know what's that guy with the snap his finger with the Is the, the gauntlet, you know. Marvel, <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> Thanos, yeah. And he, they just like flick him like he's like. <laughs> uh, they're yeah they're they're quite uh, powerful and they could you. know, like you see in Marvel, some you see like these guys can change their size and manifest weapons and stuff like that. And, um, his brother, um, actually, was so powerful that he caused um, he caused such an imbalance on a planet that he caused it to fall out of orbit. And God had to come and incarnate to save that planet. And in saving that planet, he fought off and killed this powerful. Monster named Gold Ghost, Haranyaksha. There's gold cushion and gold ghost. And so he had um, a wife and a whole bunch of nephews, and they were, they were so distraught. And so the uncle, the brother of the villain who died, he said, You know, don't worry, we're going to kill all those people, and you know. We'll make sure to destroy the you know the universe as we know it and make it into our own image and you know this is quite a nice thing to do and get all these nice plans. Um, Let's see, got some notes here. Seems
1: very casual.
0: Yeah, and uh, it, and he he endeavored to do so also. Like for example, when he destroyed the educationals, he destroyed the schools, kind of like disrupt everything. He cut, tra- he cut down the trees. He just kind of like disrupt the order of, of life everywhere. He instructed all his minions to do that. And then he started to instruct his nephews. And so, I'll just kind of gloss over these because we covered these. So, um, he said, a hero's death is glorious. He's like, um, he said, family is like a hotel. When you go to a hotel, how many have you ever stayed at a hotel? Do you know all the people that were hotel mates with you and like the room next door he said life in this world you reincarnate over and over and over again so it's like a hotel um, and then he says the soul there's no death so um, actually this guy he, he was he was so wise that in order to uh, uh, become materially powerful the first thing he sought was immortality because you're a fool if you're not gonna solve the biggest problem, which is death. And so he told his nephews, there's no death. There's this the, the self is eternal. He's just residing in this material body that is always changing. For example, uh, Emily, were you always um, over five feet tall or were you, were, were you any bit like 18 years ago, a smaller, a little smaller? Were you ever, like, had a body like that big? When I was a baby. Where is it now? i grown up. Is it the same body? Like, the same cells and everything? No,
2: because we're constantly, like, our cells are dying and regenerating.
0: So when you had your, cause your, every seven years or ten years, and, so when you had your eighth birthday, did you cry? I don't remember. I'd say, my seven-year-old body is gone. It's died. And what, what we call the death of the body is no different from the constant death of the cells that we're leaving behind. The body we have now is not the body we were born with. The body we were born with is dead. Actually, the body you're in right now is dead. It's simply a machine. And you are what gives it life. The body itself is not alive. You are what gives it life. Uh, here's a question for all of you. Um, is there a battery in this? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. How do you know that?
3: Because it's working.
0: It shows certain symptoms of life. Maybe he Is there a battery in this? Is there a battery in this? Yeah. Okay, so he's old enough to understand these things. <laughs> but at a certain age, you, you wouldn't understand, isn't it? That, that these symptoms must illustrate something being there, present. And, you know, at a younger age, you might not have that clarity that and intelligence. So similarly, uh, in America, we used to have slavery. They said, black people don't have a soul. I'm, that's retarded. Sorry to say... You know. <laughs> that's, that's unintelligent, doesn't make any sense. You know, because what is the symptom of The soul. There's consciousness, there's life. They said women don't have they have half a soul. How does that work? (laughs) Unless you're like unless you're paralyzed on one side, maybe you could come up with that argument, but it doesn't really work. It doesn't make any sense. And they said now they still say animals don't have a soul. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. But it just means people don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what consciousness is or what the self is. Or if they're talking about religious things and soul, they just don't know what it is. You just have no information, which is unfortunate because it's where it start. That's like your, that's the one plus one. You can't do all the calculus and all that stuff if you don't understand some, the basic things. So interesting about thing about Asia is like you go to, the, uh, the taxi driver and everybody knows that there's a difference between the consciousness, the self, and the body. They have, everybody has some. Awareness, so it's a more rich in spiritual knowledge and information, where we're a little bit handicapped. We can't we can't run into philosophical problems. we in the West. We may be religious and sentimental, but we're not as philosophical. We don't have. We're not so intellectual. So he's continuing on. He, say, he says so. Uh, they, he says, like if you see. Um, What does he say? I'm trying to remember. I just have short notes. If you see a tree on the banks uh, reflected on a river, it looks like it's moving, or the moon. The moon is, you know, know, kind of relatively quite stationary, but in the reflection of the water it appears to be moving. So the soul appears to be affected by all the things in this world. But he's actually eternal. He's not subject to death, disease, depression, all kinds of you know ups and downs of this world um, uh, so he says we think this person is our family, and that one's not He's an outsider and then he tells a story about a boy he tells a story about a king uh, who had not just one wife he had three wives, not advisable uh, and he was uh, had. Dead on the battlefield in this heroic position, and they were just crying and screaming and crying and screaming. All the family and the wives were there. And he had a rrr, rrr, like that. And his head was cut off. And he's like this kind of uh, you know battle position, but it was like worthless. Like his prowess was what. It's like your yoga. Did it save you from death? Like, your your vitamins. No, it doesn't actually stop. The whole thing, you know, might prolong a little bit. So it, um, there is the angel or the demigod of death. Anybody know his name? Yamaraj. Yama, Yamaraj. yeah. So Yama, it means like in yoga, we have the yamas and niyamas. The the regulator. So everybody becomes regulated, becomes controlled by this thing called death. Um, So death, feeling compassion upon those ladies, incarnated as a child, and appeared on the battle, uh, and started speaking to these these ladies, and saying, you know, look at me. um... Okay, so what does he say? So they're all crying and crying. And so the kid just kind of just slam. He starts speaking in such a powerful philosophical way that everybody becomes memorized, mesmerized, because here's a child speaking great, uh, profound philosophy. So that just captures their attention. That's why he appeared as a child because he thought, okay, this is just going to get their attention right away. He's so he kind of go over that. So he tells some instructions. We already covered some of that already, so we'll just continue on. Um, he tell, told a story of a hunter and um, there was a, a bird and the hunter, he had his bait, his lure, and he captured one one of the birds and the 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 husband was feeling completely distraught. How will I live without her? How will I take care of the children and he was He was so much distraught that the hunter he placed his arrow and he sadly killed the husband as well and the instruction was it le- it goes back to an ancient book called the Mahabharata there's a famous verse, Ahani, Ahani, in, Yamalayam, Ahani, Vani, Bhutani, Gachantiha, Yamalayam. So, what is the most shocking thing in this world? Usually people say the word, what's the most amazing thing, or wonderful thing, but that's kind of the old English. It means, what is really what is really shocking? What's, what is what uh, is, kind of mind-blowing? And um, this this trivia question was given to a great king. And he answered, he said, the most shocking thing is that everyone sees that my grandfather, -grandfather, great-great-grandfather, great-great-great-grandfather, great-great-great-grandfather, all are flying into the jaws of death. But nobody thinks that's me, you know. Oh, that poor fool. (laughs) But nobody like calculates. Like Like if you're going to uh, go somewhere, don't you want to have some preparation? Actually, things are fearful if they're unknown. If they're they're known, they're not fearful. Like for example, there was a swami. He went to India. He was not a swami. He was a young Jewish boy from Chicago, who hitchhiked to India. Well, you know it was like what do they call it? There was a, I saw it on the internet. They they had a name for that route, the hippie trail or something. Yeah, it was part
2: of the Silk Road.
0: Huh? Yeah, so they go. They go. They went through these. Quite it was a quite dangerous track through it, and it was a lot of um, uh, problems happening. There was plagues going on and strife in different countries, and they would just so many people were seeking uh, spiritual knowledge very intently, and so he found himself making his way to India. So one day he was sitting and he was practicing his meditation, yeah, and he heard this. He saw. He heard this like. Uh, these really heavy footsteps, and he kind of opened his eyes, and he saw this guy, he was like a weightlifter, he, and he had a big bag of groceries. He, um, he was a European guy, and he was, in, he was in India, and he had a whole thing of fruits and veggies, and whatever. And he was, he was quite, you know, it just, this guy doesn't do exercise, this guy definitely lifts weights, he's quite muscular. And so what happens in India, if you walk around like that, you get mugged by monkeys. There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah you get mugged by monkeys. Uh, it's happened to me. It's happened to anybody who goes to Vrindavan. Um, and so he, got, he, he was surrounded by all these monkeys. And they're just, <coughs> and they're just coming up right in there like a... Master the art of intimidation, like in the face, and like they I mean, once they get like once they're like teens, like once they're not they're when they're babies, kind of they're this combination of cute ugly, um, and they're like ooh they go ooh and but once they get a little older, they're. they're I remember one was right by my, my first time I was there I was twenty one years old. One was right like right there, uh cl- that close to my leg. And he was small, he was, he was just outside of his, like, kind of just starting his youthhood. And I just kind of like, leaned forward like and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He started doing that, I don't want to go, wait I don't want to get big. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> I mean, um, they're, they're very mischievous, they like to cause trouble, and they, they're definitely gonna mug you if you walk around. And so they surrounded him, him. And so what he did is, he picked up this huge rock, and he let out a heroic roar. roar! He's like, he big muscles, roar! And the monkey's are just getting up closer to him, just getting really close. And um, they were not at all impressed. I was in a similar situation. And I had my standoff with the monkeys. And I put on my best show. They weren't impressed at all. Um, I'll tell you later how I got out of that. But um so he just he said it looked like he practically peed in his pants. We don't know if he did but he just he just dropped everything and he just ran out of that out of there. And so the monkeys started sitting down in the walkway and started eating everything. And an eight year old boy with a little rock came up. Didn't even throw it. He just went <laughs> He just held it up in the air, and just like that, and all the monkeys just scattered. And they sat in the tree, and the eight-year-old boy sat there while the monkeys were watching and started eating the food. <laughs> <laughs> so this European guy, he had no experience of, what is this, death stuff? So it was quite fearful. Or no, sorry, I'm, you already get the answer. You didn't know what the monkeys are. You didn't, had no experience of it, so it was fearful. Similarly, death, if it's unknown, is unfe- it's very fearful. But the boy, he knew what it was, so he had no fear. And the monkeys, they, they could sense it. It's like beyond just smelling. They could, they could really sense it. And so they immediately scattered. Generally, yeah, if you're in India, you carry little... They're quite smart. Um, generally, if you have a rock or a stick, and you just show it to them, they back off. But this guy had some goodies, so I, I don't know. They're a little more rowdy. But they yeah they're quite they're quite smart and they're like say if you were somewhere and um, like Mother Ananda, she was our cook today. She was in Delhi, and she was staying. Um, maybe about four blocks away from the temple, and she wanted to go to the temple's four thirty a.m. program. And Delhi is like a wild city. She asked the. Hotel guy, you think it's okay? He said, okay. And she went out there and then she found herself surrounded by very uh, aggressive dogs. Many of them, many, 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 many dogs, growling and like surrounding her. And she started praying. And then one big black dog came and walked through them okay, and came, and then they all kind of backed away. And Maybe this guy wants me all for himself, and he kind of walked up next to her and kind of gave her like I I got you back. Don't worry about it. I got it. and he he scared all the dogs away and he walked her not only to the temple but all the way up the stairs. You know, there's many stairs to the Delhi Temple and right to the door, and then uh, and then left her there. <laughs> Very sweet. We don't know who that dog is. What special personality? Probably guess. (laughs) Maybe it was a cat before. (laughs) A big cat. So, um, yeah, it becomes something very fearful if if it's unknown. What is death? But it's something that you all have to face. Our founder, um, he had so many different catchphrases. But um, He told, when he was about to leave this world, he was, this is 1977, he is 82 years old, his body is completely failing. And he's spending most of his time continually translating Sanskrit works, even though he can barely even move. There's Mother Ananda, Hare Krishna. We just told shortly, briefly, the story about the dog in Delhi. Yes. So if you want to ask her more about it after, you're welcome to catch her and, and get to hear the cool story. Um, where was I? She was probably 82 years old. 82 years old, yes. And he said, so he noticed that one of the disciples, he left the medicine bottle open and he said, "You Americans, you know how to open things. Like you can start projects here, but I'll, let me show you how to close it. Let me show you how to wrap it up. How to, how to, how to die. How to leave this world." And so he he showed the devotee said, uh, "How to completely absorb your mind in God at the time of death." In the Bhagavad Gita, it is stated that whatever consciousness you have at the time of death, you're gonna get a corresponding result. So if your uh, consciousness is absorbed in this world, then you return back to this world in various, uh, not just human form of life, various species of life. If you think like a dog, now what can a human do that an animal cannot? That's a trivia question for you. Speak. Question. Speak. I don't know French. Doesn't mean they can't speak. Drive a car. We They're on four legs and we're on four wheels. It's not much true. Fly. <laughs> Fly, yeah. Question. Ask questions about, kind of question its own uh, yeah, it activities. Really like, wait a minute. Is it? is this the best thing to do? That's not really... The the intelligence that is available in a dog body is not really a facility for that. Who am I? What am I? What is the purpose of life? You don't know what they
1: speak, have you now? They're not
0: questioning. You can observe. What, 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 is, what is the... What, uh, is it... Um, I'm definitely... You can find an animal doing... You know, find himself foolishly fall into some trap. There's a... There's a it shows, like, the level of intelligence or problem-solving. Um, but is there more than just eating, sleeping, mating, and defending? Now, we might not know that because we are also in just dog consciousness. We think that this that, uh, getting comforts a uh, home, uh, something, somebody to mate with, and... Um, some food that—that's the purpose of life. Um, and the Eastern philosophy says actually that's that's not at all the purpose of life. There's, there's, um, it's foolish because it's all temporary. And by nature, because you are eternal, you're seeking something more. And that facility to find that to seek that is only available in human life. So if a human life is wasted just to chase after the temporary, then it's. It's like a, considered the, uh, um, you're, getting, you're getting a valuable gift and you're using it for a, um, like, for example, have you seen the Mac uh, Pro, like the kind of round cylinder, you get it for like $3,000 with all the things. Yeah. So you can use it to hammer nails on the wall you get the new iPad it's like bang, bang, bang <laughs> but that's like, yeah, it's human life you could use it for all kinds of things but it's it could do so much more you could find substantial deep satisfaction that is unaffected by the ups and downs of this world so much so that a person of that degree of the highest degree of spiritual attainment you can nail to a cross they would say Cry not for me, cry for yourself. As Jesus was being taken, he said, "Don't cry for me, cry for yourself. I'm fine." You know, if if Bill Gates' company's car gets a scratch, is he is he weeping all all day, all night? But if we had that same BMW that we worked like a dog for, and it gets a scratch, it's like ah, 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 it's so much pain there. It's like then. It's, Nervous system is connected to the car and you feel it so powerfully because of the identification. So that actually you know, leads to... Now, there's a whole other story of, of a... It's a it's, I, there's so many details, so we're going to skip all the details, but there is, there is another villain. He's said to be a villain, but he was actually a saint in his past life. And he has retained all his saintly wisdom, but he actually appeared like a, in a kind of a dragon form. Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Vritshasura. And so this is what he has to say Sattvam rajas tama itti prakater natmano guna tatra shakshinam atmanam yo vedana. So actually this is quite simple Sanskrit. sattvam. These are the three gunas. The three kind of uh uh flavors of existence that are there behind everything. You got just like if you get really close to the TV, what do you see? What colours? RGP red, red, red yellow, yellow, red, yellow, blue. Or uh, or that's the primary colours. And oh, then T V they don't oh, have the uh, They don't have the yellow oh, the green. in the TV. Green is they, next green. With yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the green, yeah. Somehow they make it, they say it's not real yellow when you see on the TV, but your brain makes it, makes you think you see yellow. Somehow, I I don't know what that means. It's where the light comes from to the TV screen. Oh. It's an illumination, so they use the yellow color. Ah, okay, no. It's like those old TVs. So the three, you make what? You make nine colors, nine colors, you make 81. 81 is so many possibilities. So. Uh, there's three different kind of variations of am Krishna describes there are many varieties of material energies but another way to, there's many ways to look at the world so one way to look at the world is the three uh, kind of sattva is illumination clarity rajas is activity desire longing uh, or uh, hankering and tamas is uh, darkness um Ignorance, madness. Uh, so, early morning. Which one is that? Those who already know can't answer. But early morning. What is what kind of? What is the flavor of the early morning?
3: Madness, darkness.
0: Early morning.
3: Well, for me it is. I get up at four o'clock. It's pretty dark <laughs> and it's pretty maddening.
0: <laughs> I say it's peaceful.
3: Well, depends on
0: your how you're... If you're like 2 in the morning, then it's like... Then, like how much crime is happening at, at 5 a.m.? 4 a.m.? I don't know. All of, it's like... The madness part is like... 11, 12... That's when people do really stupid things. And all those people eventually knock out and then the and the saintly people would get up like in all these cultures around the world they get up really early because of the the mind is less busy and best to do meditation prayer or just even school just get brain is very clear at that time midday it's the passion yeah. so your house is on 34th street in Manhattan which one is that? Rajas busy hankering. I'm gonna, I'm gonna build my emperor empire and conquer the world. I'm gonna build my whole. Uh, your house is a sub sublevel um, brothel, Thomas. Thomas. And your house is got a window view of the country. What's up? So, so Christian says, or not this? The dragon dude says. Diana. Dragon dude. Dragon dude. <laughs> One who knows that the three qualities, sattva, rajas, and tamas, goodness, passion, ignorance, are not qualities of the soul, but qualities of material nature, and who knows that the soul is pure and is simply an observer of actions and reactions of these qualities should be understood by liber- as a liberated person. He's a li- he is a liberated person. He is not bound by these qualities. So this is kind of, um, uh, one of the, most of us who grew up in America, and one of the kind of Judeo philosophy is, you are bad, you are sinful by nature. Like, um, why did the child die, suffering? He didn't do anything but he is inherently sinful. Uh, so, if, that, if you ever had a problem with that, there is something refreshing. You are not. You are not the body, and you are not even the conditionings of the mind and the body. You are something that's underneath all that. For example, we got nice bulbs here. If we painted them like a blue, yellow, green, or all the colors... Uh, how would that pure white light, how much of that would come through? So Just the spectrum of, you know. So if you put one coat of one color, then it's, a, it's, one, it's one limitation. So for example, if someone is situated in the sattva nature. They, they're, they're very peaceful, they're very kind. They're very uh, mindful in what they do. They are. They are not very. They're not harsh in their dealings. They stay away from act, uh, things that hurt others, hurt animals. They, they're just. Uh, they live in a. So that's like one paint over the covering, It's a little easier to 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 see the light. There, you put another paint. Rajas. It's more entangling ignorance. Like if you're. If you are suffering as a meth junkie, you're fine. It's very hard to express your independent freedom. You're being pushed by desires. It's really hard. Uh, the person who is doing meditation and clarity and is being kind and he he will probably have more of a degree of being less being uh, being more independent and carrying out his own desire, not just being. Uh, <laughs> dictated by the desires of the external body and mind. So if you scratch all that pain off, the real light of the soul comes through. So the idea is, we are not this body, we are the soul within the body. Any questions? All make sense? Perfect makes sense? So. Uh, just a quick question about how the, uh, the goodness can be binding, like how can that... Well, it says sattva conditions the self to a sense of happiness. But the question is, is a, isn't that a good thing to... Sense, sense of have? happiness and, you know, so I've got my organic garden, and I've got my house by the sea, Color TV. <laughs> so what do I need God for? I got everything. It's like you know, I, I I learned how to be you know not be affected by all the things that go on Facebook. I just deleted the app. I'm just you know s- studying, reading stuff every day, and I teach. And so there's a the sattva conditions a living entity for a sense of happiness, uh, passion conditions a sense the, the living entity a sense of desire unfulfilled desires, and tamas conditions as living entity. Uh, what is tamas? Uh, lamentation, illusion, whining. So like if we want to go to Chicago, we could like lay on the couch and go, oh, we could whine about it. Probably nothing will happen. Or if we want to like take it up the next step, we want to go to like the rajas, passion. Just get on the roof and and try to catch that plane. But <laughs> well, that's not going to do anything either. Uh, and then, sattva, you can go to the airport. Uh, still might not do anything. You, you kind of have, there's other steps to, to, to take place. You know? Going to the airport is probably the best situation. So sattva can be the best situation to practice spiritual life. Um, therefore, there are certain things that. Should be avoided like intoxication, adultery, you know, things that bring the consciousness down. These are we might think we are uh, becoming satisfied, but actually we're becoming uh, shackled, conditioned. Some more. Let's hear some reflections. Things. Uh, um, what's the takeaway
1: so I did have a question the word desire is used a lot mm. but you mentioned that fulfilling your own desire versus the desires of the body mm. so how is there so the, another the word soul
0: desire the, uh, the, the word for desire is kama, but there is a spiritual the opposite of it is prema prema means love so the soul's original desire Love, when transplanted it into the material situation, manifests as lust, desire. Lust doesn't mean just like sensual; just means right. desire. Like a lack. I mean, I want this. I want this, and I want this at whatever ex- at whoever's expense. Like, uh, like to to <laughs> lust for someone means you just want to get something from them. To love someone, you want to give something to them you're not trying to get anything out of it like a, a greatest manifestation of of love you find in the, uh, and the material sphere is a, the love the mother has for a child that she the child never is required to do anything to get that love the mother just cares and loves regardless so that love is it's not satisfied and temporary connections. It really it really needs to go to the root. Uh, it's like if you have a plant, if you rub the water on the leaves, it doesn't really do much. But if you get it on the root, then it gets distributed everywhere. So the soul has to connect to God. It has to love God. Otherwise, its propensity to love will remain unfulfilled.
3: Uh, <clears throat> since we're talking about that, being raised Catholic, we're taught that the goal is to go to heaven. Can you just explain how heaven works and how there's something beyond heaven?
0: Okay. Well, heaven, heaven can refer to the spiritual world, but the word heaven, the English word heaven, how it's used in the Vedic sense is it's understood that there are planets superior to earth in the material sphere. And when you ask what is the motivation for people to go to heaven, it's usually to enjoy... And yeah, you can go to higher planets in this material universe, higher in the sense of the facilities that it has, longer lifespan, greater bodies for, su- suitable for material enjoyment. And you can get there by good karma, good action, and some affection for God. But you, if someone wants to go to heaven to enjoy, they're not going to the kingdom of God because the people go to the kingdom of God or for those... It's reserved for those who just want to love the Lord. They don't want anything. It's not a conditional relationship. It's not business or anything like that. Is there a a perpetual death? Is there a
1: perpetual separation from Krishna? Or do we merge?
0: We we are actually... We... It's clearly not
1: now.
0: Yeah, we perceive ourselves... Uh, he facilitates the perception of separation but we're never separated we're just like a, you know you, you, you could just fall asleep here and you could perceive that oh I'm here and there's a tiger and it's really frightful and I'm in this whole situation and one thing you can do is you can make plans of how you're going to deal with the tiger and another thing to do is that you just wake up and the tiger has gone there's no tiger uh, but you would be right here in our presence, but your perception would you know, that you're not here. So it's like a dream. You're, you're perceiving yourself not to be in that reality. When you can't, it's it's a, it. A, uh, swapna, there's a word. Yes, yeah, swapna is a dream. That's often used as a swapna. Swapna It's often used to describe our situation here. Uh, Everybody heard the you know, movie The Matrix, that's nice. Which is that was like a refreshing. For
1: which
0: you Yeah, so people, a lot of people, they, 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 it was kind of profound for them because they feel like, yeah, this is not the only reality. Uh, uh, and all these, like what he said, the family is like a hotel. All these situations that we've, we've had that over and over again. These families, and you know, we've had many, many lifetimes, and we think right now all everything that's happening, oh, my raise, and all, calculating all these things to be
3: very, very important,
0: but it's just like a dream.
3: more, more questions? How explain how in reincarnation, how we, do we not remember all the many past lives?
0: It, it is sometimes in a rare situation that certain living entities. Uh, are allowed to remember their past life um, but most of the time it would be kind of, like, kind of traumatic it's like you're given a fresh start but you know there's like a UNT is a school up in Denton there's a professor there who's studying well over 3,000 cases where individuals had remembered specific information that verifies that they that they should not have accessed that information there's uh, some other universities that do this kind of, kind of paranormal studies, but... I would say the
1: dream analogy extends to that too. At birth, I have a very clear memory of being present when I was very, very young, like 3 or 4. It's very clear. And I remember being cognizant, you know, and from a very young age. But when you... I don't remember what I dreamt about last night. You yeah. just have a vague recollection of something, but I couldn't tell you, and rarely if I sleep well, I almost
0: can't tell you. I mean, at all, I, I, someone, I know may, someone may say, Well, uh, doesn't that prove you weren't reincarnated? But like, you can't remember when you're born. You can't, You generally, you're not going to remember the first birthday, but it definitely happened. Yeah. I mean, even if you didn't have a party, Disney definitely had a, a day that was a year after you were born. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, the, the, the thing that fascinated me about Vedanta and the Gita was how it's consistent with science, in the sense that science really teaches us that the material world is not permanent. I mean, that is what science mm. teaches you when you learn quantum mechanics and delve into it more deeply. Well, the, well, the energy
0: is permanent, but the state of it is always a change. Right. And,
1: and mm. that can be explained through our perception and difference in their deep issues. The science itself doesn't really answer, but it at least addresses that the only religion that addressed that was was the was the Gita. I mean, and you know, and things related to the Gita. I mean, really, it's the only thing in the world. God knows, I spent a lot of time really? reading a lot of religions. I mean, it's the only thing that was direct. You know, this is a way, and it's consistent with what I learned in science. I don't feel like I have to go throw all that away. And I explain that to people. You know, they get it and they don't get it. It's kind of like what Buddhism says about if
0: you want to eliminate suffering,
1: eliminate desire, I mean, then the logical consequence when you think no. about it. It's not, they just
0: don't want now, to eliminate the desire. Now, the Vedanta uh, approach to desire is not to eliminate it because it's actually an expression of the right. existence of the self. So, uh, so, the analogy of eliminating desire is that if you have a house and the roof is leaking, one way to get rid of the Problem of the roof leaking is you just blow up the house. And you don't have a house that's leaking on the roof. You just get rid of your desire. <laughs> There's no, you speak naked shunya, zero, nothing. Nothing's got no problems. But then Ch- Shankaracharya came after the Buddha. Now, Buddha was actually described, He's there, there are statues of the Buddha before he appeared in India. He's known as the ninth avatar of Vishnu in literature. Two thousand six hundred years before he was on the planet, and there's actually you know, you know, you know, you know there's an archaeological dig in Gujarat that has the the ten avatar, ten famous avatars of Vishnu, and it's got Buddha there. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, but, uh, but from a logical point of view, it makes sense. It makes yeah, sense that you're the duality. Of well, uh, the cause of suffering is right. is I mean, desire. Uh, the material world no, the first noble truth of Buddhism for the material world full of suffering uh, that that someone should uh, be aware of they should have they have, should have some clarity sometimes uh, if we have too much mode of goodness who asked that question sometimes you have too much mode of goodness you can't see it like uh, like the you get good karma coming your way you just don't see how the world is, there's there's suffering like well, um, one friend, of he, he was reading the ancient books, she's like, what is this suffering, man? I got, I got everything. But then you realize, like, as you get older, it's like, no, no, there's, there's, there's lots of troubles. And it doesn't, it compounds, it increases. Uh, so first noble truth of Buddhism, the true world is full of suffering. Suffering is caused by desire, meaning you're identifying, you're attaching yourself to that flickering situation. <coughs> By identifying with that car that got a scratch, then you get hurt. So you may have a desire that flows through the consciousness, but you don't have to identify with it.
1: I've always liked Vindantam more than Buddhism just because it's
0: more So the the, the third, the counter of stopping suffering and stopping desire is not stopping suffering is by... Purifying the desire from lust to love, to scratching off that paint and let the original desire of the soul come through. Like we gave an analogy of a light bulb with layers of paint on it, start removing that paint, and the true expression of the self starts to come through. That's, what's the Sanskrit verse? Andulika. Cleaning the mirror of the heart. Chito darpanam ajanam, bhava dhar nirvapanam, shira kaiyava chandita, utare nam vidya vadhujivanam, anandam puri pratipanam pranamitam itam swadanam Sarvatmanasapanam param. Vijayate Shri Krishna sankirtanam. So this chanting, this meditation that we are doing. It is meant to clean the heart so the heart is like a mirror it's dharpana. now if you go to an old dirty mirror like some in the attic you won't be able to see yourself but if it is clean then you can see yourself clearly or if you're if you're in a in a cave and you see, you can't really see what's going on but as soon as there's some light then you see yourself you see others, you see everything clearly. So when there is spiritual knowledge or illumination, you start to see, oh, there's no friend and enemy. There's my party and that party, my the you know, Republican, there's none of that. There's spirit soul. There's no like you know, a good guy there's just a spirit soul and there's the root of all, the supreme spirit soul. So, you gotta clean the mirror. Find something that cleans that mirror. So, what you gotta take away? Anybody got What What's your doggy basket?
4: <laughs> no, um, for me, it's always been in the process of cleaning. I'm always like, so it's not so much just like you start the cleaning process and then it's clean. First, all the dirt has to come up. And so for me, that's always like the hardest process is when you start cleaning, there's so much dirt and you'll be surprised by how much dirt there is that you just didn't know was there. Like, wow, why do I have so much anger? Why do I have so much like, like procrastination? Why do I have so much just, just dirt? There's just lots of just dirt there. Mm. And dealing and like not to be discouraged by the dirt. That, you, that comes up when you start cleaning your mind and cleaning cleaning the mirror. Nice. You can better see yourself if you just keep cleaning. So for me it's always just been like I'll start cleaning and I'm just like, oh my God, I can see everything that's wrong with me here. And then, but just not, not giving up with that. Just being like, yes, there's lots of issues, there's lots of suffering, there's lots of problems, but just keep cleaning, just keep cleaning and eventually you'll be able
0: to see the world for what it is, clearly. Yeah, that's when the room looks the messiest. Yeah. <laughs> when you start cleaning, then you start, whoa, you look at, it's like, you don't yeah. notice all the, the. This, it's fine, it doesn't need to be clean, but then you start cleaning, like, oh, hey, <laughs> wait, oh, that's been there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And then that can be yeah, discouraging, mm. but yeah. yeah.
4: That's one thing I have a problem mm-hmm. with is just finding dirt that's like there from like years ago. Like things that happened to me when I was a child that I didn't know I was still
0: holding on to. I mean, yeah, I, I was listening to um, this class. Uh, you Jai Jagannath, J- J- mm-hmm. he was talking about daddy issues.
4: Huh.
0: And he was saying that um, how, because most people in the, in, Western culture don't have good relationships with uh, their father that translate into their spiritual life is that we're, we're always uh, very skeptical towards any type of authority whether it's God or our teacher or we're just like totally and it's a little bit of a, like a daddy issue as well you know if we had if we had you know, a, a stronger family culture then we could have more healthy skepticism you know, skepticism is not to be thrown out the whole Bhagavatam is just full of questions but it could be unhealthy where it, it holds us back from actually learning things
1: so would you say in a way we come here because we enjoy the suffering?
0: We come, we come where?
1: in this material plane uh, um, because if it's all just suffering and we know that,
0: why would we choose to come? It's it's like a, the soul is a spark of the original fire. So the fire has heat and luminosity. So the soul, the the spark has heat and luminosity. So God is independent. So the soul sometimes manifests this tendency, I want to be independent. He wants to be that leaf, like, don't put the water on the root, put it on me! (laughs) Like, I don't need the root! And so, uh, just imagine if your hands could think for themselves, and they start saying, they start going on strike, and just taking the food and rubbing it on themselves. They may perceive that it's gonna give some enjoyment, it may feel a little nice in the beginning, but it's ultimately quite unsatisfactory. The hands will, and then, they put themselves into suffering. So it's not necessarily that it's, that's like a, uh, what do you call, uh, S&M thing, you know, that they're just trying to enjoy it, (laughs) make themselves suffer. (laughs) But <laughs> but but they but they it's just uh, the if there is a loving relationship then love requires independence to exist your ability to choose to do to not love so if a soul is in the spiritual world chooses not to love God I'm not going to force you there's a whole place called the material world full of souls who choose not to love me. You can go there, and your situation, how your situation will be there, will be, be based on the results of your own deeds. If you're living very piously, and helping others, then you get good karma. You can enjoy heavenly delights in the higher planets. If you're, so you get your own karma. God is not like putting us through any type of suffering. We get our own. We, we, we basically have to deal with our own deck of powers.
1: So it's kinda of like a game of hide and seek. It's almost like how far can we go without before we're like, oh, I gotta find it. like you know, like we, we buried something and then left it there for a while. Like and then like one day we were like, Oh, I need
0: that thing. And may take it may take billions of lifetimes yeah Ugh. So if we notice something now that that money is not making us happy uh, even temporary relationships with a hopeful future not making us happy. Uh, all the whatever way we can try to uh, get our life in a particular order is not. It doesn't seem. There's something in your heart that says you no. Know, there's something much more than this. Then we can start
3: investigating. You think <clears throat> it, it takes a certain time for each person to get this? Not in one lifetime, but I'm saying it's like...
0: It could take uh, one millisecond or a billions of lives.
3: Okay, so it just depends on like, the individual yeah.
0: For most people, it takes some time.
3: Some time, yeah. yeah. I mean, because everybody, everybody spends some time in, in any lifetime walking around thinking that I'm it, this is all about me, you know. And we, then,
0: do, we generally do that for billions of lifetimes. Yeah. And then uh, sometimes we get a... And then somehow, we, come, we come across spiritual knowledge that's usually from its coming some, some, by the, the compassion of some saintly person makes that knowledge available. Not just religious knowledge. That religious knowledge may lead just to the idea of betterment of material facilities. You know, be a good person because you're going to get a good thing. You know about your own
3: I had this dream about Srila Papa Pab- Pab- it, it took place like in the 60's or early 70's some furniture looked like that I came to his apartment I had a bucket with a mop bucket and a, and a broom and a vacuum cleaner and I said can I clean your apartment and he said no but come in and have some sweet cake and tea <laughs> okay. he said come back Sunday okay. I said okay so I came back the next Sunday and I said can I clean your apartment and he said no Come and have some sweet cake and tea. And this went on a whole bunch of times. And then finally, one Sunday, I said, can I, you know, clean your apartment? He said, no, come in and sit down. He said, what have you learned coming here all these times, you know, to try to clean my apartment? And I thought about it for a second, and I thought, well, I came over here because I wanted to clean your apartment, and I wanted to help you, but you didn't want my help. He said, no, I was showing you that sometimes... The action of actually doing something is not as important as the desire to do it. Mm, yeah. And then I woke up and it was such a vivid dream. And I, I had that's never, really, I that, never heard, a, heard his voice or anything like that. And then after that, I went and looked on a YouTube video and it was his exact same voice. Wow.
0: You know, that's and, powerful. That, that, that sounds like authentic spiritual knowledge there. That sounds really good. Yeah, uh, there's, a ver- there's a word for it. It's called lolium, it means a spiritual greed. I mean, you just want to love. You just want to give.
3: I just want to clean his apartment. And, and, and,
0: and, uh, yeah, that that increased your, your, Krishna actually, he behaved like that with the, the the greatest devotees, the gopis, that he would just, at some point, uh, disappear. And there, your heart grows fonder, like, the intensity, like, the person you're missing is gone, and it's like you're thinking of them more than the one they're just sitting right next to you. So to increase it, it's described that in the kingdom of God, spiritual bliss is ever increasing. And why is it ever increasing? Because there's a competition of love between the soul and God. Just like you were like trying to, he was trying to outlove you and you are trying to outlove him. But then the mood is really, it's not mood of like um, See when we talk about the three gunas in the bottom in tamas we think ourselves the lord like you said yeah, I'm, I'm the, yeah. In, in rajas we think ourselves the enjoyer like yeah I, I really got it all figured out I, I know how to enjoy it. and in goodness we think ourselves the savior you know yeah, all, y'all gotta listen to me I'm, I'm your savior but in sattva in the spiritual suttasattva then we are the servant, as love is that mood of. It's a verb. It's a service mood. I'm just looking see if the plates are almost ready to come out, so we can serve you. Looks like it's almost there. Almost there. Almost there. Almost there. Uh, what is your name? Rachel. Rachel. Okay, you gotta give us a give us a doggy bag. Give us a, a what's the take home for you? Um, Something that you remember. I don't know that I
2: really
0: have words. <laughs> no, it's no, there's nothing.
2: It's just. Thank you.
0: It's just a good practi- like it's pra- practice. It's resonance. Practice. When we somehow, when we say it, then it sometimes solidifies. But, yeah, you didn't know you are going to be called out. <laughs> oh, no,
4: I kind of anticipated it. Like, oh, you got I don't have anything to say.
0: All right. How was your buddy there? You got a doggy bag?
3: Uh, it's just resonating with everything I've been studying. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. It's a confirmation.
0: <coughs> hey, Hare Krishna. Welcome back. <coughs> Fine.
2: It possible that, that I mean this is something that I've learned a lot through my son and life. With my son, I feel like I've gotten more spiritually and I understand a little bit more than I get lost thinking and there's so many things. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I come here I I I intake a lot and then there's other things going on that I kind of get lost again. Yeah. But one thing that I don't know how we talked about it, but he's you know I've always I've always seen myself as a very good person, very good, caring mm-hmm. person. I always try to help people, help everybody. Go out of my way to help somebody, even though I wear myself down doing it.
4: Mm.
2: I guess what I'm trying to say, the good karma and the bad karma. Uh, I love to put out good karma all the time, because i kind of. I think I've learned through him that when you put out bad karma, if you put out good karma, it comes back to you. And I believe that even at the castle, what you give, you get three times back in the time. So if you mean, somehow you're going to uh, experience that yourself. If you put somebody through pain, you're going to feel it somehow. And I guess like reincarnation, yeah. is it possible? And what I'm going to understand because of the type person I am, if I went through so much in my life a lot of hurt sometimes. Is it, I can't understand that at one time I might have been that mean to somebody, then now I
0: went through that. Yeah. But now that, you're you have you can empathize with others. Yeah. Meaning like exactly. if someone is if someone is poor and uh, then they they know they know how another person who is poor feels someone who's never been poor and then they see somebody suffering they don't care but someone who's felt that they know how they they can empathize they can help others Um, now regarding action there is a third level there's karma which is which um, in the three levels karma means things that bring good results and there's v karma, things have been bad results. But there's another one. It's a karma. Karma, v karma, a karma. A karma is when that action is in line and dedicated to God. But it's actually it's not on a material platform anymore. So, for example. If I uh, cook, if I cook meat, then the animal dies, so it's caused them s- suffering. That'll be vikarma. If vegetarian, then or, and I give some food to people, could be uh, uh, it could be karma, meaning good result. But if I take food and I offer that, that, that clean wholesome food and offer to God then it's actually no longer even any material thing it is only akarma spiritualized fully sanctified so it's not that we just stop bad actions and do good actions but we learn how to add the divine in whatever we're doing Uh, that intention of pleasing God Like if, say you are um, a mathematician, or a math guy there. Mm -hmm. So that is actually a shunya, a zero. Or if you're a tap dancer, that's another zero. Um, Say you know how to play the spoons, that's another zero. Um, Say you can say the um, star spangled bender backwards, that's another zero. Uh, say you can shoot arrows with your toes while standing in your hand, that's another zero. But if you add that spiritual element, it's like uh, the one in front of the zeros. They actually then they becomes valuable, then becomes <laughs> potent. Otherwise, if it's just karma, then you're just born again in this material world, and you get the good karma of having, like maybe a beautiful body, or maybe your family has got money, or maybe you've got talent, but you're stuck in the material world. But if you do it for the Lord, then it becomes spiritualized. It becomes a-karma. It's like, it's not, those actions are not binding you to get results again and again and again and again. It's not future bondage. Two minutes. Any other, any other reflections? We've got two minutes left. Uh, ready to go. Yes! Where's the restroom? Restrooms, <laughs> upstairs. Uh, it's, 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 go upstairs and take your left. One minute and 55 seconds. Could you
1: explain, like,
0: a result of a karma? I akarma? Akarma. karma. also about Krishna karma. So, re- so uh, result, uh, say you're in prison. And you're in a class uh, a, a B class or a second class cell so if you do something and you get in a fight with your neighbor and you give them a shiv then they're putting you in um, solitary so you go down to like a kind of lower situation uh, and so that's karma. you're just dragging yourself down now say you're in prison and you behave really nicely they say hey we're going to give you uh, a nice room and we're going to give you the place where they have like eight channels you know it's like a big deal You know, eight channels in prison eight channels and, and you get to hold the remote like once a week you know and you get a little bit of outdoor out activity. You get to play basketball every once in a while. That's it. So that's karma. It's getting you higher in that prison. But akarma karma to get you out of the prison. Like <laughs> like no man, I want to get out of the prison. I got this nice eight channel TV. <laughs> I get to hold the remote once a week. So akarma karma means. You are no longer acting as a prisoner. You're not. You're not acting with the mentality and the propensity that got you in there in the first place. Therefore, you can get a pardon. You don't need to be there if you've been reformed. So the material world is compared to Durga, a prison. And so if you if your mentality is reformed, then why be here? God doesn't need you to be for you to be here, if you if you don't have the mentality that brought you here. So that's Akarna. So not the Lord, not the Anjora, not the Savior, but the servant of the Lord. Have you,
1: have you ever preached in a prison?
0: Yes. Yeah. A Couple times. I, said, well, I went. We went to a maximum security prison in Oregon. That was like super heavy. Is movies TV doesn't do justice to prison. It's like the gates. It's like such a dark, heavy feeling, you know. You don't, you don't really get that from you know, if you know what it's like from watching a movie, and that's an American prison. What to speak of like, what other prisons are in other countries, but. Uh, and we went to uh, there's a Venus, Texas. We went out of there. They kicked us out of that prison. Why? Uh, because uh, there's a boy that would come here, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. And so he told us, he said, "You know, I stopped doing drugs long ago once I learned about spiritual life, but I have a charge that I'm going to have to go spend some time and how was he how long was he here? two years, three years yeah, he was there for maybe three years uh, and the the chaplain we think he didn't like the whole Eastern religion non not the right religion thing, and so uh, he found out that we knew him and he said, "Oh, you can't be their spiritual visitor if you know them. But if the guy was going to the Hare Krishna temple, there's only one in Dallas. <laughs> so there's like no way he would not know us. It was a little unfair. But he was kind of like using the rules to his own advantage. He didn't like us. We weren't the right religion. Uh, but now he's out and he comes, we see him. Everyone smile here. He's doing, well. he's doing well. Yeah, he's got a, He's got a. He had a baby before he went to prison. So now he's like, oh, his his child's like four years old. So we're good now. Om Tat Sat. Thanks a lot, Hare Krishna. So enjoy.